This morning, I'm going to tell you guys five emotions, five feelings of God that he has for you and me. And I want to challenge you. If you write these down and you begin to meditate on them and you allow them to go deep in your heart, I promise you this will change your image of God and it will change your image of yourself. So, you know, many times preachers, we know, we say stuff like, yeah, you, if you grab the word today, you will not leave the same as the way you came. Yeah, I really mean that. Like, because the word of God is powerful. And when you begin to see this, you begin to see how God sees you. And not only do you begin to see how God sees you, you begin to see how, how you should see yourself. And many of us maybe have had fathers who weren't there for us. Or many of us have had people, uh, bosses, teachers, people that have said, you're no good, you'll never amount to anything, you can't do anything. And those words was on us that put us down. And this is what the gospel does. It, it, it comes in us and, and we can begin to sing songs like, I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. And, and this is real important because, listen, this is what the Bible says in Galatians 4, uh, 4 through 7, and it's also in Romans. It says this. It says, we are no longer slaves. Everybody say slaves. We are no longer slaves to the law or to fear. And by the way, even people who don't believe in God, many times they're slaves as well. But they're slaves to lies, and we can also be slaves to this, such as you are what you have, you are what you do, you are what people think of you. And, and this is what's so beautiful is that when we are no longer slaves to the law, to religion, or slaves to fear, then we become sons and daughters of God. In fact, the Bible says that the Spirit of God comes into us and it cries out. There's a spirit inside of it that says Abba or Papa. So we know God intimately, closely. We can, we can sit on his lap, receive his hugs, receive his kisses. But it doesn't just stop there. It goes on to say we are no longer just sons, but we also have an inheritance. We are co-inheritors with Jesus. Everything, the, the same love that the Father has for Jesus is the same love that he has for you. God sees you as valuable. God doesn't see you as a sinner. God doesn't see you as a loser. God says you are valuable, and you're like, yeah, but, 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 but you don't know what I've done. I don't care what you've done. His love, his grace is greater than any sin or any mistake, any addiction, anything. And, and the problem is many times we're focusing and trying to change symptoms of people's problems. Oh, you better stop drinking. You better stop smoking. You better stop doing this. And I'm not saying you should do those things, okay? But what I'm saying is instead of trying to go for the symptoms, we need to ask God to change our hearts. There's one woman that was eh, working in the red light district for 16 years, and she would always ignore me. She said, there's this crazy white guy who says he's a pastor, but he's crazy. And someone said, he can really help you. So she talked to me, and she said, hey, I, I want to quit. Can you help me? I said, sure, come to our office. We, we sit down, and she looks at me, and she says, I'm scared. Said, what are you scared of? I'm scared of becoming an evangelical Christian. Oh, don't worry about that. You're fine. Don't worry. We're going to help you no matter what. So she has a big barbecue at her house, and she invites all her friends, and she's like, hey, the pastora and the pastores, they're, they're coming. So, so, you know, make sure you bring the beer later in the day, not in the morning, because the pastores are coming, all right? So they, they, they were there, and I have a friend of mine who's a prophet, and he goes, and he looks at her and says, I see that you have pain in your back and your knee, and the Lord says, I'm going to heal you. And she's like, oh, this is another crazy guy. He says, you know what? I just wish that I could drink, stop drinking alcohol, because she'd been drinking alcohol for 16 years, because just to get through that life of working in prostitution. 
So my friend looked at her and says, okay, next time you drink alcohol, it's going to be disgusting. So that night she, she tries a beer and it just doesn't, doesn't taste good. The next day she breaks up, wakes up with this huge pounding headache. She never had that before. Two months later she realizes, I haven't drunk any alcohol. I'm free. Jesus has healed me from alcoholism. And she used to have these dreams every night where she'd see like a spirit that would bind her in chains. And she asked Pastor Mateo to come. Pastor Mateo prayed for her and it stopped. Addiction stopped. Her body started getting healed. She, she, she went from saying, I'm afraid to become an evangelical Christian to now she's one of the top leaders of my church. And she's bringing people. She's doing barbecues with like hundreds of Dominicans showing up. You think you're in, you're in Amsterdam? Uh-uh, you're in the Caribbean when you're there. All right, and, and I can speak Dominican. Como tu you know, it's just really fast and really cool. And, 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 and the cool thing is this. Her story goes on like this. She goes back to her island, Dominican Republic, and there she is. And all of a sudden, she's like, has this dream. Before she has the dream, she's like kind of mad. Something happened. She's like, I'm going back to my old life. I'm going back to drinking. Urgh. Pastor Mateo's not here, so I'm just going to go back. And in that dream that night, she has a dream where she's in a Jeep that's driving down a cliff to destruction. And in that dream, she hears, God uses my voice, which is cool. Thanks, God. And she hears a voice from God that says, you are my dearly beloved daughter. I love you. And at that moment, she slams on the brakes and says, I'm not going back. And she has stood in front of a group like this. And she's told her testimony. And this is what she said. The practical help is good. Help people with practical things. But what got me out of prostitution was the love of God. And maybe you're not in prostitution, but maybe you're struggling with other hurts, habits, or hangups. I want to tell you what can heal you is the love of God. I want to tell you that the love of God, the gospel, is not that you're driven by fear or guilt or shame, but you're driven, not driven, you're drawn by a voice that says, I love you. One of my friends, or a guy that I know, Lef Hentland, he, he, he talks about three different chairs. Dominic, can you give me three chairs up here real quick? I want to illustrate this. In fact, I'll probably pick on Dominic a little bit this morning, but that's cool. Here's three chairs, and these all represent three different ways of living, okay? The first chair over here is the chair, don't worry, I'll pick on you in a little bit. Um, this chair right here represents living in the world without God. I'm my savior, I can't trust anybody. I gotta do things my own way, I'm the boss. I'm gonna live, I'm gonna do things the way I wanna do it. You have another word for that. It's called slavery. Because you end up destroying yourself and you destroy others because it's all about me, 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 me. Jesus says whoever holds on to his life will lose it. Whoever gives me his life will gain it. But then there's this new chair. I come to Jesus, but I'm sitting in chair number two. And you know what chair number two is? It's living for God and not with God. I'm trying to get enough points. I'm trying to pray enough. I'm trying to church. I'm trying to read my Bible because I never know if God really loves me. I, I, I'm not sure. And, and, and one day, you know, when I'm doing good, oh, God loves me. And the, but when I screw up, I'm like, oh, I'm a failure. Oh, God loves me because I was good. I, I gave my tithes today. Jesus loves me. Oh, I, I messed up. And many people that move in ministry Many times we can be driven by fear, driven by performance, 
Oh, I hope these people in Fresno like me. Oh, I, I better do my best show. I, I better make sure we feel the anointing. I'm not against feeling the anointing, but my identity is not based on feeling. My, my identity is based on something greater. And that's where we come to chair one. And chair one, what's that all about? Living on the lap of Papa God. And that you constantly hear the voice that says, you are not what you do, you are not your failure, you're not, you're not what people think of you, you're not what you have. You're my dearly beloved son and daughter. So Dominic. Dominic's going to be the, the lost son for a second, okay? So there he is, you know, with his head down. He feels like a loser. He goes to his father, says, you know, I'm not worthy to be your child. And you guys know what happened. The father sees him, and as he's coming to him, his father grabs him, turns around, and says, get out of here, you loser. I never want to see you again. Don't ever come. He disowns him as sons, right? Is that what happens in the story? Why do we treat God that way then? As if he's a master. Not in this church. That's other churches. That's, that's other people, right? And, and so, go ahead and sit down. I'll, I'll pick on you in a little bit more. These are the five emotions that I want you to grab, and I want them to go to the deepest of your heart. I want you to meditate on these, and I want you to these to allow to change your life. Look, there we go. The first thing is that God sees us. God knows how many hairs are on your head. God knows the thoughts that you have. He knows the words that are come out, come out of your mouth before they come out of your mouth. And, and I know that all of us have moments where we feel like I'm alone. Nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. I guess I'm going to eat some worms. No, you guys never thought that, but you know, other people. But I want to tell you something. You're never alone. And you're never God forsaken. God sees you. And he sees your good moments, and he sees your hurting moments. And he sees what drives you to the bottle or whatever may drive you to whatever thing. And you know what? He says you're not what you do. You are not a human doing. You're a human being. I called you to be my son. I called you to be my daughter. It's the love of God that frees us when we begin to see ourselves the way that he sees us. He says us as valuable. What father here would ever say to their little kids, I disowned you. You've messed up. I would give my life for my kids. My kids are the greatest joy and treasure in my heart. You know what? You're the greatest joy and treasure in God's eye. He desires you. And that's the second thing that we see. He sees us and he sees us with compassion. You know what compassion means? Comes with passion, suffering. He hurts when he hurts. If God exists, then why, why, why is there so much suffering in the world? Well, because there's a broken world and because people make their own dumb choices. And yet, God became a man himself. And he died on the cross. And when he went on that cross, he became the universal vacuum. And he wants to vacuum all your hurts, all your pain, all your sickness, all your sin. And you don't have to wait till you earned it. Because we can't earn it. Sisters, how many guys like to be able to go to the shoe store and get all the shoes that you'd like to buy? Now, be honest. How many guys like that? 
You know, some you know husbands say, "Sweetie, here's a credit card. You you go buy whatever you want." Is anybody like 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 feeling anointing right now? Anybody? Uh, okay, we're not having confession morning this morning. All right. So when Jesus on the cross, he said, "It is finished. It is paid." It's not what you do. It's not how good you are. It's what he did. My life is not based on what I do, but on what Jesus did. And that begins to change my heart and change my mind. Do you know that God sings over you? God sings over you. When my... Uh, my daughter was born. My, uh, my wife had lost a lot of blood, so I, had to, I got to hold my daughter. And um, she was crying like all babies should. And I began to sing over her a song that my father sang over me. This is how the song goes. Maybe you know. I love Hannah. I love Hannah. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. She is very special. She is very special. Yes, she is. Yes, she is. And so later... When Benjamin, my youngest, was born, and, you know, later on he would cry, my Hannah would start singing over him. I love Benjamin. I love Benjamin. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. He is. And he stopped crying. And then one day, I walked into the living room, and all of a sudden I heard Hannah singing. I love Papa. I love Papa. And my heart goes, yes. The Christian faith is not a religion. It's a relationship where we live hearing God singing over us. What's your name? This is what God sings over you. I love Kate. I love Kate. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. She is very special. She is very special. Yes, she is. Yes, she is. When I was 11 years old, the prophet came up to me and he put his hand on me. And this is what he said. You're so special. God loves you so much. For 48 hours, I felt like I was in the arms of love of Papa God, like I was in the hand of God. And this is where I'm going. Not only does God see us, not only does he have compassion, he runs after us. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending wreck. There might be some people watching right now or in here that you came in and you feel like that, that younger son that says, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy to be a son. Let me be a servant. Let me be a slave. But today, Papa God wants to say, no, you are worthy. And he wants to come. He wants to run after you. He wants to hug you. And he wants to kiss you. And he wants you to hear his voice that says, I love you. 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 It is the love of God that changes us from the inside out. We love God because he first loved us before the foundation of the earth. He had you in mind. He has plans for you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Stop holding on to 
things that are behind you and allow Papa God to run after you and to embrace you. Because when we do this and we see how God runs after us, then the way that we look at evangelism and prophecy and missions changes because it's no longer about us, but it's us saying, God, allow me to be able to run after the lost, to love them the way that you love me. You left the 99 to go after the one. God, thank you for the honor and privilege of every week being able to go to the red light district and love the men and women that are standing behind those windows and not seeing them as objects, not, not seeing them as, 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 as animals at a zoo, no, but seeing them as what they are. They are called to be dearly beloved sons and daughters of God. One of those women that I'm telling you about, she's now a leader in our church, and next month she's going with my wife to Italy to go and help out a church reach out to people that are in the sex industry. And she says, this is how God has turned things around. She said, when I was 18, I went to Italy because I thought I'd make a lot of money there. I got pregnant, I got robbed, I got abused. I came back hurt. 10 years later, later I went to Amsterdam and I went back into the sex industry. I got out of that, I have a new life in Christ, I'm working, everything's changed, and now God's allowing me to go back to Italy. And there in Italy, I'm gonna help those women. And this is what's so cool about God. God is a God who works all things together for good. He takes our manure, I could use another word, and he makes beautiful flowers out of it. So this is my challenge for you. Can you hear the voice of Father God today? It says, I see you. It says, I feel you. It says, I'm running to you. You can't run away. Surely goodness and mercy is unfailing love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You can't run away from God. There's no office, there's no bar, there's no place that you can get away. There's, no, there's nothing, you can't get away from Him. Will you allow Him to run after you? Will you allow Him to embrace you? Will you allow Him to kiss you? And the kiss of God is the Word of God. So man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that 